You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on the SportsStuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist, which is also for Android devices. Stitcher's for both, and Apple is for, or Apple, iTunes is for Apple. There we go. Well, that was about as organized as the Wild right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was going to be three games to review instead of it's four, but... It's going to be a little different structure today. It's going to be more of like analyzing the team as a whole, kind of a miniature state of the wild right now for obvious reasons because, well, the past four games were all losses. Oh, 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 well, we we got a point yesterday against Dallas. Yeah, we got a point against Dallas. You know, it was a well-played hockey game against the Dallas Stars, but yeah, I'm sorry, but... (laughs) Uh, really, you know, I mean, and the, the Wild's record in overtime this year, just absolute horse bleep. In the extra period, the Wild are winless, 0-11 on the season. Just fantastic. Like, let, let's just keep it coming, guys. Keep it coming, hey, you know? Why not? Why not break the world record for, like, overtime losses? I mean, good job. Just, uh, what do you do? I mean, what what do you do? Oh, it's, okay, 0 and 10. I'm so sorry again. Oh, my goodness. Or is it 1 and 10 now? Oh, oh, goody. Either way, the wild uh, <laughs> overtime period has been absolutely pathetic. They just can't get it done. Yay, those are points the wild should have. You should have at least 5 maybe out of those 10. That'd be nice. I mean, it's reasonable you're going to have overtime losses sometimes. But, I mean, it's like every bleeping time. And maybe St. Louis is saying the same thing with 9 of them. Nashville with 8, but... With the Wild, it's every single time. At least St. Louis and Nashville has maybe won a couple games in overtime. But the Wild? No. Hell no. Winning in overtime. Absolutely great. So I'm just going to kind of go over things very briefly. Uh, the Wild, at least when it comes to game reviews, I'm not going to really review them in detail at this stage. It's more of an assessment. And then, of course, we will preview briefly the games in the second. Uh, we'll preview four games in the uh, briefly in the second Segment. It's not going to get any easier. In fact, well, it might for a very brief period. We'll see, though. They're all on the road. The Wilds' seasons have uh, been 
recovered, or at least the Wild kind of had a had a recovery last season on that particular road trip to the Northwest, our old division rivals of Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton. But I, I don't know. I mean, do you feel any hope that this team is ready to like make another comeback? Yet another one? I don't know about that. So I picked the Wild to lose to the New York Islanders. They lost to the Islanders in a sloppy battle. New York Rangers, the Wild were up 2-0, lost that one, 4-2, unbelievable. St. Louis, they pretty much were never in that one, trailed 3-0 at one point. Then, of course, they finally scored a goal. Dallas game, the Wild looked good in it, but Stars just kept responding. Typical Minnesota and Dallas type of game, where the Stars do well, but the, or the Wild do well. For the most part, but the Stars always come out with the victory at the end of the day, regardless if the Wild are up 1-0, 2-0, 2-1. Whatever, the Stars always come back and win the hockey game. And that's pretty much it, except for a 2-1 to one very nice victory about a month ago that at the end of the day meant pretty much a whole lot of nothing because the Wilds play, the Wilds success rate didn't change one iota after that. It, it just gave them nothing. No boost, no bounce, nothing. That's kind of the theme right now. And I'm going to... I'm going to... Gosh, I wish I had the word to me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna venture back because I can't think of something better to say. All the way back to episode number eight of Brave the Wild, where I asked the question, the title of the episode, "Wild Future at a Dead End?" Question mark. We're back, guys. We're back. It's been about let's see, that was 2009, the end of Doug Risebrow's ten-year run or nine-year run, officially nine-season run with the Minnesota Wild, ultimately. Mr. Jacques Lemaire's as well. Lemaire stepped away and Risebrow very quickly after that was fired. Could we be going into a similar situation here? I think it's possible. I think it's very possible. Because the cupboards were very bare in Houston at the time. And it's like one failed pick after another. One failed pick after another. And yeah, I'm not going to really go into game reviews this time around. I just kind of give you the scores and what took place in the games very briefly. Maybe I'll look at the guys who scored in it a little bit, but um, just kind of here and there. But this is more of an assessment, guys. This is an assessment this time around. Guys and gals and, and all you out there across the world, <laughs> worldwide, on the air worldwide, right? <laughs> but um, the cupboards are bare again. This time they're bare in Iowa, uh, of course, because they're they're still the Oilers or the, the Arrows, Houston Arrows, basically, but they moved to... Uh, the uh, Iowa to become the Iowa Wild. I kind of miss the old name Arrows. I, I I think it's cool. I don't know why you got to have the same name for your minor league team. What's what's the point? Your AHL club. Just call them the Arrows. Damn it. I liked it better. <laughs> I did. I like airplanes, man. We already have the Wild. It's a unique name. Keep it unique. Why you gotta? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just delaying the inevitable, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> the cupboards are bare again for the most part. I mean. They're not as bare, okay? They're not as bare as they were with Doug Risebrow because there was absolutely nobody anywhere. Anywhere. See, in, in Iowa, the cupboards have been bare for a while. Um, there are a couple prospects out there in college hockey and and in the and across the uh, Great Divide, per se. Erickson Eck and a couple others, but Erickson Eck's the biggest name, of course. He's hopefully like a better, a better version of Granlund from Sweden in this case. You got Alex Tuck. In Boston College, not Boston University. Greenway's on Boston University, but he's a physical guy. He's he's not really necessarily a scorer. He's he's more of a physical kind of third, fourth line, beat him up type of guy. Uh, Mario Lachia, Notre Dame. Well, he was better last year than he is this year. But you have so many things that are starting to pile up on Mr. Chuck Fletcher and Mike Yo. First, I might as well go to him first, really quickly. It's the same thing every year. Enough already. Enough. 
enough enough and this one looks like the one this is this looks like the one that'll finally be the straw that breaks the camel's back mike yo has got to go just like the glove don't fit you must acquit well when it's what what four three four years in a row now you got the swoon oh but then there's the miracle comeback no (laughs) mike yo has to go the glove don't fit you must acquit the glove doesn't fit mike yo and uh (laughs) (laughs) He must have quit. (laughs) I don't know where I'm going, but you get the idea. I don't think he should be the head coach of the Wild anymore. Um, The players, obviously, there is a major disconnect between the veterans and the young players on this team. I I, I think more the veterans than anything, and a lot of them need to go, I think. I think a big number of the veterans need to go. I mean, if we had a choice right now to pull out a big, juicy, thick steak, right? No, a big, juicy, thick red marker. And you could put cross these guys off, and they're off the team, and you could replace them with somebody better. If you could just wave a magic wand and do it, let's shall we name the names? Okay, well here we go. Thomas Vanek. Okay, that didn't sound too good. Jason Tominville. Slice. He's gone. Yep. I mean that's at least two right there. Mikhail Granlin. Are we at a stage? It's time for him to go. And the assessment with him is it Mike Yo's coaching, or was just Chuck Fletcher flat out wrong on him? That's the question. Do a lot of you out there believe that a different coach could get Mike, Mikhail, Mike, Mikhail Granlin, 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 right? As we like to say with Emmerich last, last spring. It's really Granlin, but he go, but we're okay with Granlin, that type of deal. Yes, Granlin over there, old Granlin, <laughs> who was supposed to be the top center of the team. Okay, he could be a really good number two center, and that's what he was at the time anyway. Oh, but no, he's not even a number two center. He's a third center. Oh, but he's not physical enough for that. So what is he, the fourth line center? Or is he just flat out an Iowa Wild AHL level? Or should he just be gone completely? Nah, not quite that bad. Gone completely, yes, maybe traded or something. But what are you going to get for him? Jason Tominville, untradeable, big contract, too expensive. Ryan Suter, untradeable, big contract, too expensive. Zach Parisi, you wouldn't trade him because that would be a that would be a PR hit of astronomic proportions. Trading Ryan Suter would not be uh, a PR hit, but you just can't do it. The contract's too big, and he is still a good player, and he's got leadership capabilities on the blue line. Matt Dumba, well, you can't trade him now because Jonas Brodine out four to six weeks, three to six weeks, whatever you want to say, with a broken foot, he's on the IR. Well, great, now we're screwed. <sighs> Old Mike Riley, is he up to the challenge? He's going to have to be at some point. You can't trade Dumba because you, you need him on the roster. Uh, he's actually scored a couple goals this past week, so good on him. He might be end up being the Mike Madonna Award winner. I was going to give it to nobody and just be a jerk about it, but uh, we'll come back to that at the end of the segment here. But um, it's just the same old thing. And now Dubnik's not, not, up, not playing as well of late. And yeah, you know, he's not going to re... He's not going to bring back what he did last year. You can only do it once, you know, and that's why you try to go all the way when, when, you're, when you're on that. You ride the horse that brought you. You hope that horse can take you all the way. Like, uh, <laughs> I can't even, like, like the guy with the New York, uh, excuse me, the San Francisco Giants a couple years ago. They just rode him, just rode him to a World Series championship. And it looked like the Wild could have done that with a Stanley Cup with Devin Dumnik, but we stopped scoring. And, of course, the defense and all that defensive breakdowns, and the uh, Chicago Blackhawks were just, like, had the Wilds number like no tomorrow. I mean, it was three years in a row of it, and boy, oh boy, it was just a slap in the face. Like, boy, have we reached our ceiling? Is it all over? Maybe. Nito Niederreiter is another name. Is, why is he so up and down? 
Why is he so up and down? Is it the coaching? Is he is he playing at the level of his coach? Is he taking on the identity of his coach? Up and down, bipolar, this, that? Is that what it is? Or did Chuck Fletcher make a mistake? Well, then again, you can't really call that one a mistake because you gave up. <laughs> you gave up. Uh, uh, I am totally blanking. You gave up Cal Clutterbuck. <laughs> you gave up Cal Clutterbuck for him, so you can't get too upset with that one. But at the same time, is he really anything special? Is he really that 25 goal scorer? What's the deal? Is it the coaching or is he just somebody that's not as good as we thought? Is that the, the case? Charlie Coyle, fantastic. But you, you gave up Brent Burns, though. Who had, who had 60 points last year. And the other things as we head into kind of both of the coach and the GM here. Devin Setaguchi. Wait, who? Devin Setaguchi? Um, I never heard of him. Devin Setaguchi. I, excuse me? He doesn't play in the NHL. No. Zach Phillips. <laughs> 28th pick. That was for Brent Burns. That's a failed first round pick, ladies and gentlemen. Zach Phillips. Never saw the light of day in the NHL. He's in the Boston Bruins system right now, playing a little better. And you trade him for Jared Knight, who's even worse. Even worse. I mean, he's got six points, man. I mean, we're going to talk about the Iowa Wild very, very briefly in segment number two to wrap up the show. Just to show, just to continue to talk about how bare the cupboards are there. And yes, I'm not ignoring the other prospects out there. But a lot of them haven't really... I mean, we don't get the vibe like they're going to blow up in the NHL. I mean, none of them are really doing that great. Now, Tuck might be the best of the bunch. We'll see. Erickson Eck, we have no idea. No idea. That, that's a complete unknown, and you can only hope for the best there. Uh, Olofsson, okay. There's some promise. Mike Riley, there's some promise. Maybe you don't fire Fletcher, but at the same time, he needs to be questioned uh, on a lot of things right now. You can't call him this. This you, you can't just scoff at the idea of him possibly losing his job or his job being in question. We've failed twice with the coaches, and yes, Mike Yo has done some good things. He's not the worst coach ever, but his voice is no longer being heard. Because what happened in the summer? Zach Parisi, the leader of the team. Regardless of what you think of Miko Koivu, he is the leader of the Minnesota Wild. They brought Adam Oates into Edina to hide from Mike Yo to work on the power play. What does that say about the coaching? What does that tell you? When the best player on the team is bringing Adam Oates into into a uh, into an ice arena in Edina to work on the power play with the legendary Adam Oates. What does that tell you? Does that tell you they want Adam Oates in the coaching staff, or does that also tell you even more so than in Adam Oates of any kind in that sense? But that does that tell you that the current makeup of the coaching staff is not good enough? Does that does that tell you something? That the players, especially Zach Carisi, who's been to the Stanley Cup Finals, are questioning what this this uh, coaching staff is a, is able to do with these players. Are they getting the best out of the players? It doesn't look like it. Uh, and it seemed like the wild power play at the beginning of the season was absolutely phenomenal, which a lot of people could say that had to do something with Adam Oates working with the guys, and then the guys, right? And then as the season continued, well, <laughs> yeah. Power play who? Yeah, right. Well, the Wild have the Wild did finally score some power plays of late, including one by Nito Niederreiter against the New York Islanders. But overall, I mean, pff, it's been virtually invisible. Virtually invisible. And Pominville had a sixth goal of the season in the game, and Coyle is 14th. That's the good news against the Islanders. But ultimately, this franchise right now looks to be headed nowhere. All this promise, big contracts, great young players... Great. It looks like we hit a wall and we broke our necks last year in the Stanley Cup playoffs in the second round against the vaunted Chicago Blackhawks. 
who isn't sick of the Blackhawks at this point? The showboating, the showtime, this, that. I mean, I'm tired of it. You thought maybe things were going to blow up. They traded a lot of players away. Oh, all they all that really turned out there is the stars got better. Patrick Sharp and such. <laughs> Justin, I can't even. I don't know. I don't even want to say it. Ah, uh, uh, man. Uh, Oduya. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm thinking of the other guy who used to be on the Blackhawks before went to Winnipeg. But um, overall, yeah. Well, Matt Dumba had a power play goal against the New York Island uh, Rangers the next night when the Wild looked really good, and then everything went down the you know what in the uh, second period and such. But uh, back to the Blackhawks. I mean, you got Patrick Kane leading the league in scoring now. It, it, isn't that fantastic? All this thought, oh, he's going to get traded. All these bad things are going to happen. Maybe we even get him in Minnesota. But, hey, maybe the Blackhawks will just trade him far away into the Eastern Conference. Columbus Blue Jackets again or something like Brandon's thought. I don't know. Maybe not the Blue Jackets, but somebody else. Islanders, something. Just get him out here. Get him to the Eastern Conference. No, he's still with the Blackhawks and leading the league in scoring. And where are the Blackhawks right now? They're ahead of Dallas. 76 points on the season. Yeah, 76 points. The Wild at 58. Oh, it's only about 20. No, but they about 18. No, 56 points for the Wild. 20 whole points behind the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, that's a steep hill to climb. Uh, I'm not trying to be sarcastic. I'm not enjoying it. You, you think I'm enjoying it? Do I sound happy? I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so happy right now. Yeah, I'm just awesome, you know. Uh, Saturday, February 6th, the Wild went to St. Louis, lost 4-1 to in that one. I picked the Wild to lose to St. Louis, picked them to lose to the Islanders. At least I had the Wild beating the Rangers. Of course, the Wild didn't win any of them. Isn't that just great? Uh, the only guy to score was Matt Dumba again on the power play. He had a power play goal against the New York Rangers. So now the Wild are scoring on the power play, but not scoring at all. Yeah. Elsewhere, otherwise, uh, Dumba another goal though. It's funny. It's like you ain't trading me now, especially with Brodine being hurt. But ultimately, Brodine hadn't even been hurt yet. He was pretty much becoming hurt at the time, unfortunately. Parisi and Coyle assisting on the goal late in the second period to keep the Wild in the game. But even though things weren't going so hot, Vladimir Tarasenko is an example of what the Wild and Chuck Fletcher have been unable to acquire in the history of the franchise. Doug Risebrow, yeah, Doug Risebrow, Vladimir Tarasenko, yeah, right. He, he never was able to acquire somebody like that because the key to the franchise of the Minnesota Wild is they've never sucked. They've never sucked. The St. Louis Blues, well, they had a couple of eh years, and they took Eric Johnson, which is one of the weakest number one picks of all time. He's now still with the Colorado Avalanche, being the jerk he is, a former gopher. Ah, yeah, well, I don't even want to go there on former gophers and such at this stage. Mm, just nothing... No, there's nothing to smile about in the state of hockey right now unless you're a high school uh, fan, which I eh, I don't really care. Um, Vladimir Tarasenko is an example of a player who was taken later in the first round. Not at the top of the first round, like the Blackhawks, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Tapes, Penguins. You got you got uh, Sidney Crosby and Malkin, guys like that. Back-to-back number one overall picks. See, a year like this one where the Wild might wind up with a 16th pick in the draft, something like that. A mediocre season where you're the ninth seed, so to speak in the conference, and you wind up with a Vladimir Tarasenko, 47 points, 26 goals in the season, the guy's a stud, he's not the best player in the league, and he's not like a necessarily, like he's one of, he's a superstar, but he's pretty close, he's, he's the, he'd be the best blankety blank goal scorer in the wild, wouldn't he, he'd be, a, he'd be another Gabrick, man, another Gabrick, imagine another Gabrick on the wild, wouldn't that be nice to go with Zach Parisi? what if Granlund, Granlund, Granlund was Tarasenko, what if Nito Niederreiter was Tarasenko, what if Coyle was Tarasenko, none of the above, is there a Tarasenko on the roster, is Alex Tuck another Tarasenko, we can only hope, but I doubt it, 
I doubt it, Vanek. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he sure looked like a, a nice, he sure looked like he was finally being Thomas Vanek again early in the season. But I guess most of us should have known better that it's just a bubble. It's just a bubble and it's going to pop. Miko Koivu, just a bubble. It's going to pop. You, you keep winding up with guys that are playmakers rather than goal scorers. And there ain't nobody to make a play for because nobody's scoring goals. At least not very often. Not often enough. And certainly not when you absolutely need it. These uh, three, they can see, look at that. Three goals against New York Range uh, Islanders. Only two against the Rangers. One against St. Louis. Yeah, the Wild. Three goals last night against the Dallas Stars. It was a nice, gutty effort. And it was motivation. The guys weren't all gassed in this one. They went out and gave a, they gave their hearts the whole game. But it was the 11th loss in 12. Dallas Stars defeat the Wild in overtime. And when the game went to overtime, you just knew the Wild weren't going to score. The one super positive is Eric Halla always scores against the Dallas Stars, and it makes me smile. And Thomas Vanek always seems to wind up in the box store as well. Halla with two points in the game. He assisted on Justin Fontaine. And it's always it's always the lower-end guys that kind of tend to bail this team out. I mean, yeah, Justin Fontaine, only his third goal of the season, plagued with injuries. Vanek with two assists in the game, which is kind of funny. Vanek and Halla, guys, that have been generally invisible most of the time. But Halla has had a strong... Surge the past month or so for his standards. Nothing special. And Cuevo finally scoring again. I can't even remember the last time he scored. It's been about a month since he scored only his 11th goal of the year. He's still like the leader and leading scorer on the team because of how strong of a play he had early in the year. But overall, Cuevo has disappeared as well. And he had nagging injuries. Once he starts getting hurt, it's kind of like kiss Cuevo goodbye. The numbers start to disappear and he's back to the same Casper the Friendly Ghost, Casper the Friendly Cuevo. And we're right back into that again. Uh, it was nice to see Dumba on the power play. That's a good thing. And Koivu ultimately finishing on the shot on goal from uh, Dumba. Parisi also getting a, getting his stick on it. But Koivu burying it at the end of the day. 11th goal of the season. And another power play goal. And yeah, the Wild are scoring on the power play now. But they're still not winning games. And, <laughs> and Darcy Kemper was in net. Other than Dubnik, who'd been struggling. You thought, Kemper, maybe, there you go. Bring Kemper back in. Maybe he can give you a nice, strong effort. But now, Darcy is starting to drop off again as well. Ah, depression setting in big time for all of us Wild fans. Four goals against, yes, they went to the overtime period. So it's not officially four full goals, but it's close enough. It's 3-9-something, if you know what I mean. Ah, Just depressing. Depressing, and it doesn't get a whole lot easier. The two home games the Wild play are pretty tough teams. The Wild have had minimal success against, and then the road trip begins, and it gets kind of interesting there. But ultimately, we can just go on and on and on about the draft picks not being what you want. There, There's never a Tarasenko out there, it seems like, for the Wild. It's always just a guy, maybe you get 9 to 12 goals, they grind it out, they're good on the wall, you know, they're good wall players, eh? Or they don't make it at all, like Zach Phillips. But you get the good wall guys, you know, they're good on the wall, you know, you know, he's, he's, he's good between that, you know, stuff like that. They give a good effort. Now I'm like getting a permanent accent, I better stop it. <laughs> but that's kind of the uh, the story of the wild pretty much from the get-go. It's kind of almost like the same thing again. A little more of a skill approach from Fletcher versus Doug Reiser, who was only about the wall pretty much, <laughs> only about grinders and passionate players, you know, stuff like that. But, um... Yeah, real passionate, weren't they? <laughs> some of some of them were at the beginning, but then that all faded away, didn't it? They were just old free agent guys who didn't get a break elsewhere. But uh, bouncing everywhere, and I apologize. But it's just been an absolute mess right now. Frustrating. You don't know where to go. There's no 
savior on the way. No young guy riding on a white horse, knight in shining armor to save this franchise at this stage. And if you make a trade, it's another rental. And all and pretty much all the trades the Wild have made the past couple of years have just been wasted draft picks. You trade away a second-round pick for Chris Stewart. Well, he was good for a couple of weeks, and then he disappeared. And that second-round pick is gone. Buffalo is going to be an awesome team one of these years. Watch. Just watch Just watch when those names start to pop up. Just watch. You just know it's going to happen, don't you? <laughs> Pominville, first-round pick. Well, he was good for a couple of years. Now he's got six goals so far. And it's not like he was hurt or anything. He's just got six goals. Maybe nagging injuries, but he just he's not a good player anymore. Jason Tomdell, yet he still plays on the power play constantly due to everyone's, like, miffing. We, we don't know what he's doing. We don't know what Yo's doing on that one. Um... But I guess he knows more than me, right? I mean, at the end of the day, he does, but <laughs> but it's not working. I mean, come on. Some things, sometimes you got to drop the uh, I'm the head coach and I'm smarter than everyone else and maybe, like, change things up a bit. It, it's been time. Um, Matt Molson. I mean, is there anything more to say about that one? Draft first, uh, second round pick in that one again. Nothing. Thank you for that one. Matt Molson. Absolutely nothing. An absolutely nothing player who went back to Buffalo. It's almost like it was some kind of a scam right there, eh? <laughs> Kinda. Maybe. It turned out to be a scam, even if it wasn't intended to be one. <sighs> and those are just little things that turn into bigger things when you don't have second-round picks. You don't have valuable second-round picks. And it seems like even when we have the second-round picks, how many of them are turning into anything at this point? Olafson, we don't know. Hopefully we'll continue to develop. He's doing a little bit better down there in Iowa, and we'll talk about him in a minute, very briefly. Uh, in the second segment, but um, Buceris, I mean, Rafael Buceris, second round pick, pretty high pick, I believe about Granlin's draft, or was it uh, was it the next one with Brodeen's draft? What's he up to? You know, not a whole lot, is he? He really isn't doing anything down there in the minor leagues, and he's been in the minor league system for a while. It's not like he's playing overseas and we can't have him. He's been available in the in the United States here, and he's not even close to the NHL level, and he was a high second-round pick. Fletcher, there's not much going on here, buddy. Not much. Okay, yeah, you got a nice seventh-round pick in Ericola. Good. That's better than Doug Risebrow. So he is better than Doug Risebrow. But how much better is he than Mr. Doug Bleepin' Risebrow, who couldn't pick a, who couldn't pick anybody beyond the uh, first round for his life, except for um, <laughs> I can't, even, I don't even want to go there anymore. Uh, Nick Schultz, except for Nick Schultz, that's who I'm thinking about, who would score a goal maybe once, maybe once or twice a, uh, a year, you know, like maybe once every two months or so, nine points in the season because he's a stay-at-home, grinded-out defenseman who really never stood out in any way, shape, or form. No, he he was no anchor of the defense. He's just an average guy at best. That was your second-round pick in, uh, behind Gabrick. Um, but that's about it for Risebrow. So Fletcher's a little better. Grayavac, he's no knight in shining armor either. A lot of us were excited. He's developed. He's better. He's ready to go in the NHL. And then he's been down in Houston, uh, Houston Iowa, and it's not been so hot. And we'll get back to that again in segment number two. Chuck Fletcher... There are questions on that chalkboard when it regards to Chuck Fletcher. As for Mike Yo, I think the writing should be on the wall for Yo. This has got to be it. It's over. It's over, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Yo has to go. Mike Yo has to go. And if we have to wait till the end of the season, so be it. It just is what it is. But maybe give the reins to Darby Hendrickson or to Mr. Uh, <clears throat> Andrew Brunette. You're not going to be passing it on to Daryl Sador or anything. I don't know about that after, after his offseason. <laughs> God bless him, though. Uh, hope he overcomes that issue. Hopefully he already has, but 
it's not easy. I mean, hopefully he continues to overcome it. So that's that. So we pass out some awards. Well, we're going to pass the Mike Madonna Award to Matt Dumba. Very strong week, giving us some hope. A couple of power play goals. He's played a lot better, and his role has increased with the absence of Jonas Brodeen. God bless Jonas Brodeen. Hope for a quick recovery. He's one of the solid draft picks for Fletcher, and at an early stage, it made Fletcher look like one of the best GMs in hockey. He's another up-and-down guy. Uh, his defense is pretty good for the most part, but he's had some moments where he's been bad. He's, he's better this year than he was two years ago, though. Two years ago, he was terrible, and last year he was good. Um, but it seemed like his first year, he saw signs that like he was going to be one of the best defensemen in the entire NHL. Right now, I don't know. Um, I'd probably rather keep him than Dumba, though, even though Dumba's been scoring goals now. But... I don't know. I, I don't even want to go there right now. I Like, Dumba, might, you might be able to get more for him. That's kind of the whole key. But watch Dumba be another Brent Burns and get 60 points again for the for the Sharks or Boston Bruins or Washington Capitals or whoever it is. A team that actually knows how to score goals. You know, something like that. So this segment actually ended up being a little bit longer probably than it normally would be because there's a lot to say, isn't there? But Mike McDonald Award going to Matt Dumba. And I apologize if I seem a little bit of a mess right now. But who isn't a mess watching this team? I mean, there's so many things to talk about that it's going to bounce all over the place. So it just is what it is. Uh, the James Supper Memorial, it's going to go to Mike Yo and Chuck Fletcher right now. <laughs> but Mike Yo especially uh, doesn't look like this. Doesn't look like he's for real, and um, the team is not playing well right now. But it, you know, it could pretty much go to everybody for quitting on the coach as well. It's kind of a general thing when it comes to the James Shepard Memorial, the biggest disappointment since the last Brave the Wild episode. So with that, I'm going to calm down. I'm going to breathe for a few minutes. <laughs> I'm going to breathe for a minute here. And then uh, we'll do some previews and wrap the show up with a little Iowa Wild conversation. <laughs> back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two, preview segment, and then check up with the Iowa Wild briefly and wrap up the show. Thursday, February the 11th, the Minnesota Wild host the Washington Capitals. Oh, goody. One of the best teams in the NHL right now. Oh, man. Uh, of course, you got Alex Ovechkin, one of the leading scorers in the NHL, probably the best goal scorer in the league. In fact, most of the time he is. It's like, what can you say? Are the Wild going to beat this team? I don't know. I mean, they're 39-9-4 and on the season. If the Wild, let's like put it this way, if the Wild beat the uh, Washington Capitals, I'd be quite shocked. It'd be an extremely impressive uh, <laughs> turn of events, wouldn't it? But unfortunately, the odds of that happening, very unlikely. Ovechkin, ultimately, on the season, is... Well, he's not even leading his team in scoring, if you can believe that. 50 goals, 30 or 50 games, 31 goals on the season, 45 points ultimately. But they have two other players, and Nicholas Backstrom and Eugenie over there with 54 points on the season. An outstanding run by the Washington Capitals. Ultimately, though, are they the kind of team that could finally, like, actually complete the job and win the Stanley Cup? You hope for their case they do. Uh, they have a pretty good goalie as well, and hotly uh, 34 and five on the season, goals against average of 2.08. Outstanding by Braden Holtby 
Braden Holdby, pardon me, uh, one of the best goalies in the league right now. I mean, and you're going to look good in front of a team like that. Obviously, they're scoring goals, but he's not giving up goals either, and he's been pretty consistent. It's not like shutout, but then high goals against average, like, you know, five or six shutouts type of thing. Only two shutouts on the year, but he keeps guy he keeps teams down to two or three goals, ultimately, during the course of the season. A very strong player out of Saskatchewan over there. Fourth round pick by the Washington Capitals back in 08. And boy, he's, he's living up to the hype at this point. Not that there needed to be a whole lot of hype as a fourth-round pick, but hey, I mean, goalies don't always go super high, and it's good, definitely good general managing by those uh, Washington Capitals. TJ Oshie over there, who has Minnesota ties, not originally from Minnesota, and obviously one of the more overrated guys, I thought, but 32 points with Washington right now. He'd look good in a wild jersey, wouldn't he? Because Mikko Koivu only has 36, so we'd take it, though I'm sure his points probably wouldn't be quite as high with Minnesota though who knows he would look pretty good on the top line for the wild he's only on the third line for the Washington Capitals at this point second third line kind of up and down at times sometimes he's on the second sometimes he's on the third that type of thing pretty much I'd say a second liner in the NHL but I'm sure but he's played some third there in Washington the Wilds odds of winning this game slim to none regardless if it's at home or on the road I'm going to go with Washington four to two over the Minnesota Wild. The Wild's goaltending, not as good as it used to be. Brodeen is missed. He's definitely missed out there. Matt Dumba getting more ice time. Not a bad thing. Riley getting more, getting finally getting some more serious ice time out there. Mike Riley, the former gopher, all that. Wild prospect, free agent signing, that type of deal. And, um, well, it'll be nice to see him overcome things and, and start to play well for the Wild. But ultimately, is he going to? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> is it even realistic that uh, Mike Riley can uh, really develop into a, a strong NHL player at this point? I think next year you're more likely going to see more progress out of Mike Riley in the NHL. Uh, I'm not expecting anything special, particularly against the Washington Capitals right now. I think they're going to kind of run the Wild out of the building. 4-2 to two, Washington. The Wild will be lucky to get two goals in the game, and that's probably what they'll wind up with. You'll see goals probably from the characters of... You'll see a fourth-line goal, and you may maybe see a Charlie Coyle type of thing. Maybe Nito Niederreiter. It'll be one of those two. Niederreiter and Coyle, and then maybe a fourth-liner. Somebody, I mean, Niederreiter and or Coyle, or possibly Eric Halla, Ryan Carter type of goal scorer in this one. Washington wins 4-2. to two. Boston comes to town. The Boston Bruins, not quite as good as the Washington Capitals, but still a strong team right now. Still a team that would be in the postseason in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> and good for them, right? That's just one of those type of deals, ultimately. Ultimately, 62 points on the season for the Boston Bruins, and they're the leader in the wild card. Though, <laughs> you got you got New Jersey breathing down their back, that type of thing. Washington, though, just scorching the Eastern Conference, 82 points on the season. Wild aren't going to beat them. They're the best team in the NHL right now, though I don't really think they're going to, like, win the Stanley Cup, but who knows? We, we've seen crazier things happen, I suppose. I mean, Washington is, uh, it seems like every year, Every every time they have a good season, they don't live up to it and they don't win the cup. We'll see what happens. Boston Bruins, they're always one of those sleeper type of teams that can do something pretty special once they get in the playoffs. It's just a matter of getting there. Last year, they didn't even make it. It was kind of funny. Bergeron leading the way. Louis Erickson second in scoring. Some people have said he was available via trade to the Wild. Ah, I, I doubt that. It'd be that's, That sounds too good to be true. Boston is not about stars. They're about depth. Just an overall depth team, though. You could say Shara is a star. You could say Bergeron is a star. But they're not Ovechkin level. They're not Backstrom level. The the, the better Nicholas Backstrom, if you know what I mean. Um, Bergeron, Louis Erickson, guys like that. Just a strong, overall good team right now. Are the Wild going to beat them? Uh, Tuka Rask. 
not having the strong season that he's the seasons that he had in the past. The last couple of years, Tuka Rask not as good as he'd been, and that's kind of a shame because I always kind of liked him. Four shutouts on the year. See, he's an example of a guy who will get more shutouts than other players, like the <laughs> like 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 a Holtby of the Washington Capitals. He's, he, he's got twice as many shutouts, but his goals against average is 2.56. So he's more of a kind of hit and miss type of guy, like a, like a Darcy Kemper. He's kind of like that. Darcy Kemper, even Dubnik this year has got five shutouts on the season, but his goals against average, eh, not quite at uh, Oldby's level. You get the idea. Though I'd say Dubnik is more consistent than Darcy Kemper. And Rask, I think, is like Darcy Kemper right now. With that said, don't be surprised if Kemper's in that against the Boston Bruins. Don't be too surprised. I'd like to believe the Wild can beat them, and i got to think the Wild are going to win one of these games. I mean, they have to, right? They have to win one of these games, but I'm not going to pick them to beat either one of the Eastern Conference teams. I think they continue to lose, and you're going to hear fire Mike Yo more and more, and you're going to hear fire Fletcher more and more during the course of these home games. The Wild will lose both of them. The Bruins will win 3-2 to two in the extra period, we'll say. It'll go to an extra period. It'll be a 2-2 type of game, and the Wild will lose the game to the Boston Bruins, 4-3, 4-3 type of game like the Dallas Stars, 4-3, it'll go 3-3 into overtime, I think the goaltending will not be at the 2-2 level against the Boston Bruins, it'll be a little higher, unfortunately, you'll see, uh, you'll see like maybe Parisi finally score again, he's been struggling and a lot of people believe he's injured, me included, but he's still injured, we'll say, still injured, and maybe extra type of thing, you'll see somebody like that, You'll see one of the bigger names score, I think, against Boston. It just has the vibe when you play the Boston Bruins. You're going to see somebody like a Vanek, like a uh, a, a Parisi score, eh, something like that. Maybe Coyle, I think, again. I keep saying Coyle, but Coyle is probably more likely to score against Boston than against Washington because he's from Boston. Do not be surprised at all if Charlie Coyle nets one against the Boston Bruins, his 15th goal of the season. Monday, February the 15th, the Minnesota Wild head to Vancouver, British Columbia. And I think the Wild win in Vancouver. The Wild success rate against this team has been pretty good of late. And put it this way, if the Wild lose all three of those, boy, oh boy. I mean, how, how is the Fire Mike Yo stuff not going to hit the absolute ape shed when it comes to the Wild? Or is it going to turn into a situation where people are just bored and just don't pay attention anymore? That whole type of thing. That's the last thing you want, but that's the type of thing that happens sometimes, especially in this town when fans get bored and stop following the team. I won't stop, but I'm sure some other people will, and I don't think the ratings for this show will be any better at that stage. But I will pick a wild victory in Vancouver. Regardless of who's in net, I'm guessing it's going to be Dubnik. And I think the Wild win 3-1 to one against the Vancouver Canucks. It'll be a fun situation. I'm not, I am not. don't need to keep predicting who's going to score the goals, but it's kind of fun to predict maybe at least one guy, though, maybe. Against Vancouver, Niederreiter. I got Niederreiter scoring in that one against Vancouver. So I'll, I'll say that. The guy who's most likely to score a goal in that game will be Nino Niederreiter against the Vancouver Canucks. A little bit of a funny one, but he tends to play well against those teams in the Northwest. He's got that success rate against them. I don't know what it is, but it but it happens. Calgary Flames, my second favorite team in the NHL. Though I'm sure a lot of you will be like, what the hell? Don't you hate them? They were in our division for 10 years. Well, they were my second favorite team in 1991, 92-ish range, you know, back then. And they've kind of been that, well, actually Hartford, but Calgary was right there with them. Hartford Whalers, they no longer exist. So it's like, oh, Calgary Flames all the way <laughs> after that. I always liked Minnesota North Stars. Uh, Hartford Whalers, Calgary Flames, so I always have a special place in my heart for that team. Um, 
classic logo, all that, great fan base, this and that. So, yes, things were damaged a bit when we were in the same division, but now we're not anymore, so I can kind of like them a little more than ever again. <laughs> the Saddle Dome, the wild success rate in the Saddle Dome has increased the last couple of years. It's been a positive thing, and I think the Wild win both of these Northwest games, and things start to head in a slightly better direction. It'll get our hopes up a little bit, and we'll see where things go from there. It's all uh, we'll see type of deal. Uh, dare I say, this is going to be uh, a night where you see who is it going to be? Hmm. I'm going to pick a real, I'm going to go way out on a limb here. Way out on a limb on a guy that doesn't know how to score because he just doesn't. Should I do it? Yeah. Because if I'm right, you guys are going to be like, damn, he did it. Mikhail Granlin is going to score a goal against the Calgary Flames. Marcus Granlin is his brother on that team. Don't be surprised if Marcus Granlin is some type of factor in the game as well. But Mikhail Granlin will score for the Minnesota Wild against the Calgary Flames <laughs> in Calgary. I want to say Charlie Coyle again, too, because he has scored goals. He had that huge goal against Calgary last year. Or was it Edmonton? Pardon me. That was the wrong team. But uh, still, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Granlin in this one. Crazy as it may sound. We won't be surprised if Parisi's another guy that scores, but Granlin is going to be the one. Uh, Minnesota Wild went 2-1 to one in Calgary in a nice effort Probably Dubnik again, most likely. I think Dubnik's going to kind of be in net most of the time here. I think in these Northwest games, you're going to see Devin Dubnik. He had a great success rate against them in the past. Believe it or not, this is the first time the Wild will have played the Calgary Flames. It's like you almost forgot about them. Calgary, Alberta, February the 17th. The Wild will be victors with Devin Dubnik and net only giving up one bleeping goal. And that's it. Isn't that cool? Won't that be fun? I sure hope it is. Uh, Minnesota and Vancouver had some fun games during the course of the season. The winner of that game, February the 15th, will be the winner of the season series. Vancouver won 3-2 to back on November the 25th when the Wild were kind of in a kind of in a semi-slump. And the Wild had a huge win when there was a nice December surge, a rare December surge. 6-2 to victory over Vancouver and they picked the Wild to win 3-1 to in Vancouver. On the 15th, 2-1 to one victory for the Wild over the Flames to wrap up the reviews or previews for the show. I could briefly, I could, uh, it's like I want to do the Edmonton one too because it's back-to-back. I don't really, I do and I don't. Kemper will be in goal for Edmonton and that's all I'm going to say for that one. <sighs> okay, I'll pick the Wild to win that game. This is going to be a very brief one, but um, I'll pick the Wild to win. That one against the future Minnesota Wild, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yep, the future player for the Wild, I I would like. But then again, I don't know. The Wild aren't going to be giving up Jared Spurgeon anytime soon. And that's who Edmonton would really want, among probably others. Maybe you throw Granlund in too, which I would not mind at all. Give him Spurgeon and Granlund. And then you get Ryan Nugent Hopkins and hope for the best. Minnesota Wild win 3-1 to one over the... 3-2 uh, three, three over the Edmonton Oilers with Darcy Kemper in net. Maybe you win even in the extra period if necessary. But you hope to God you don't go to the extra period against the Oilers. That would really suck. That would really suck. They're, one of these years they're going to finally be good again, but this won't be it. Wild will win three games in a row in the Northwest. They're going to win all three of them. And if they lose all three, fire Mike Yo. <laughs> Without a doubt. Going to give a quick shout out here. Because normally I go to fan interaction, but I don't get a whole lot on there. And it's partially because I get a whole lot. I, I don't uh, tweet enough and I don't get on Facebook enough. And I do apologize for that. At Brave the Wild for the Twitter account. At Brave the Wild. And then for the Facebook page. And I'm still mad about the mistake. But it's uh, Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild MN uh, uh, dot, M, uh, dot Minnesota. Facebook.com forward slash bravethewild.minnesota. I wanted it to be .mn, but it's Minnesota. That's just my own stupid mistake. 
for that. But please get on there, click like, and enjoy, and comment on there. They, you know, I've been getting likes fairly frequently, but nobody comments on there. And I don't know why. If you're if you're a listener out there and you're on the Facebook page, please comment anytime if you could. Got to give a shout out to my brother-in-law, Chance Costic. He's actually my brother's brother-in-law, but you get the idea. We're still technically brothers-in-law, if you know what I mean. So he's my brother's brother-in-law, <laughs> Chance Costic, humongous wild fan, big old beard. He could be uh, he could be uh, he could be like Brent Burns over there. He, he might as well be playing for the Sharks, right? Big old beard, right? <laughs> Reminds me of that, but. Um, Huge giant wild fan um, comments on occasion and also comments a lot on the wild pages out there as well. Really uh, just want to appreciate how he shouts out to this show and encourages friends to check it out. So thank you very much, Chance. Really appreciate you. God bless you and God bless the wild too. Over there can start winning some games. Time to check in on the Iowa Wild. So what's the deal with this club, huh? Do they suck still? Of course they do. Um... It seems like Fletcher occasionally hits late in the draft, doesn't he? Because Christoph Bersetti is one of the leading scorers on the team. He was a sixth-round pick in 2012, I believe. Yes, 2012, sixth-round pick, 158th overall from Switzerland. We're starting to pick, we're picking more and more Swiss guys, and hopefully this will continue to head in a different direction, in a more positive direction than where we've been of late. Uh, Grayovac, now I've been complaining and ranting about him. How he only had four points in like 15 games. Well, now he's got seven and 19. So he's starting to play a little better down there in Iowa. Not Houston, Iowa. He'd been called up to the wild for a brief time, but then he had the injury to Brodeen. You can't do it. So up comes Riley right away. Hope for the best there. Riley still with 21 points in Iowa. He's been up and down, up and down, up and down like crazy. He might as well be he, he, he might as well be a Starfleet officer because like just beam him over. Just beam him. Put him on the transporter and say Mike Riley to XL Energy Center one to beam. One to beam over. Not up, but over. So, and then Riley to Iowa Wild, one to beam over, whatever the, the arena is down there. I do apologize for not knowing that one. But, um, yeah, he tends to hit with the, the later picks for some reason, like Gray Ovaku looked good. He's starting to play a little better, finally. Son of a gun. Uh, Olofsson, second-round pick, hoping for the best there. Still 13 points in the season. He'd been on a surge for a little while, but it's quieted of late. Um, but that's the thing right now. Jordan Schrader, pretty much the best player on that team right now, and he's been up and down with the Wild, but mostly on Iowa during the course of the season. You need him for an offensive punch, but he's here for such a short stretch. And on the fourth line, you're not going to get a whole lot of offensive punch from the guy when he's barely on the roster. Same with Mike Riley. So hopefully both of those guys, for their case, for their sake, will uh, get more ice time with the Wild during the course of time. Jordan Schrader probably should see more ice time than Jason Pominville or somebody at this point. Just what, what do you have to lose when Pominville has six goals on the bleeping season? You know, Thomas Vanek, when you sit him out, you know, you, you sat out Thomas Vanek and Jason Zucker, a name I didn't even mention the whole show, Jason Zucker. You sit them out against the St. Louis Blues, and then you lose 4-1 to one anyway. So it's like, it didn't, it's like you send a message, but it didn't really get anywhere. And that's disappointing. Yes, Vanek and Zucker played better against Dallas. They did, but we didn't, still didn't win the game. Um, you hope and pray that maybe as Mike Yo continues to uh, scratch guys, healthy scratch guys, that uh, it will send a positive message and get players to start moving in the right direction. But right now, I don't have a whole lot of faith. And even if the Wild do make a resurgence and sneak into the playoffs and lose in the first or second round again, I still think it's time for Mike Yo to go because enough of this bipolar BS. Enough. That's my final take on it. Apologize 
if this show seemed like it bounced all over the place, kind of like a heartbeat, you know, that's kind of what this was. It was like a heartbeat. You might as well call it a heartbeat episode. That's pretty much what it was. I apologize if it drove you crazy. I enjoyed doing it, but at the same time, I don't enjoy what's going on with the Wild. I mean, you know how badly I want to see this team win a Stanley Cup. When they signed Parisi and Suter and all these positive draft picks, Mikhail Granlund, the highlight goal of the year over there in Finland, just unbelievable in the World Championships, you get all this promise. Nito Niederreiter was a fifth overall pick in the draft. Now he's going to live up to the hype, hopefully, or at least come somewhere near it after giving, get, getting rid, just getting rid of Cal Clutterbuck for him. Just an unbelievably awesome trade. Looked like the trade of the century. And at the end of the day, the Wild still won that trade. Even if Niederreiter managed to be just a 20-goal guy and 40 points, still the Wild win the trade. Screw Cal Clutterbuck. But um, at the end of the day, the success rate for this franchise looked like it was going to be through the roof. Charlie Coyle's going to be one of the best players, man. And then, you know, and he's finally becoming one of those guys, but he's still not an elite goal scorer or anything. But he's moving up the he's moving up the ladder a bit, and he hopefully he continues to do that. Uh, Granlund, like I already said, looked to be one of those guys. The big, big names, Brodeen, Dumba, uh, Olofsson. Maybe, maybe ultimately more, more of them will work out than not. But at this point, it's still a huge frustration, and Granlin is at the center of that frustration when he can't score a goal for his life, and he can't even hang on to the puck. And it's just the same old story. You're in, you're out with the guy other than his second year in the league when he looked like he was a future star. Things looked so positive at that time, didn't it? I mean, just a stanch and bounce away from maybe making it to the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> if you beat the Blackhawks, you might win the Stanley Cup. You just might. The confidence level will be so high, you just might win the whole thing. But now here we are today, wondering, are the are the cupboards bare again? Are they truly bare again? Luckily, they're not as bare as they were under Doug Risebrow, but they're pretty bare right now. And you got unknowns. I mean, Alex Tuck, like I said earlier, could he be a franchise savior? Could he help become that? Olafson, could he end up being one of those guys, like I said earlier? Uh, Eric Zanek is a complete unknown. What's he going to be? You just don't know. You just don't know. And in time, we'll have an idea, and we can only hope and pray that those guys ultimately do live up to at least uh, <laughs> at least most of the hype when it comes to that, being a first-round pick or high second-rounder, stuff like that. So with that, we'll wrap things up, and we'll talk about the Minnesota Wild next week, hopefully after a very positive road trip to the Northwest. Mm-hmm.